Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Just visit audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show... We look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week from the Suggestible podcast, Woo-hoo. it is James and Claire, a.k.a. A.K.A. <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> A.k.a. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Sunday Movies from Planet Broadcasting. Hello. Hello. Uh, let me just bring you in with a little bit of applause. Oh, thanks for being in the studio audience, Dave. I, know. <laughs> I mean... We had to provide snacks for the ball, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, we had so to pay them to be here, but, you know, it's nice to see them. Thank you so much for cramming into the uh, beautiful studio we have here. Now, we were, we were recording on some of your fancy new uh, podcasting equipment, which includes uh, a couple of buttons with some uh, beautiful sound effects. So if, if I bomb tonight, I ain't bombing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Oh, anyway, thank you so much. I'll, I'll try to avoid hitting those buttons. No, we don't be, mind. We, yeah, Claire and I can't it. even hear them. We just watch yeah, you Yeah, we really can't. Look I, awkwardly. I, I really want you to use the canned laughter at some point. We like to use that just in life in general. Absolutely, we do. Correct. It makes you feel a little bit better, doesn't yeah. it? It does, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, special Christmas edition of la the la podcast. La 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 Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. You've never said that. You hate Christmas. I say happy holidays. He's the Grinch I, of I'm, Christmas. I'm one of those people who are against Merry Christmas. I'm trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you, know that, you know that war on Christmas that's always happening apparently, but yeah. it's really it doesn't really exist? I love it. Okay. But you're not you're not no. part of the war. Do whatever okay. you want. I don't give a shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So I live with the Grinch because I love Christmas. I love everything about it. I love the lights. I love the like carols. I like the decorations. Not so much the consumerism, but I'll look oh, over that yeah, if you okay. get me presents. No, for me, the number one thing is the consumerism. <laughs> That's yeah. what I want. I love it. <laughs> I love the day. Everything else is. pretty nice to get presents. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the Christmas tree. I put up my Christmas tree in November. Yeah. That's really? Saturday. Oh, yeah. Late, uh, late November yeah. at least, please. Well, it's more like it felt mid to me, Dave. <laughs> and then, <laughs> honest. when's it go away again? Ooh, Before after. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I put it down. If it goes up early, 
It comes down early. December 21, it's over. Let it go, Claire. <laughs> you would do that, though. You, I, really I would, would wake up one day and you've just put the Christmas tree in a box and yep. put it away. No, put or it it's on the bin. nature strip to yeah. be picked up by the hard rubbish. It's a plastic, it's a plastic Christmas tree, but I'd put it From in. From Audi, nothing but <laughs> the put it best. in the green bin. <laughs> Fibre optics and all. <laughs> Chuck it in the mulcher. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fibre going everywhere. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Before we get into our Christmas uh, edition of the episode, I always check in with my guests. It's been a few months since we've last been on. Last time you were on, we talked about Hemingway's The Old Man and the Sea, right. which is a, mm-hmm. a fun episode. But since then, have you been reading anything in your personal lives? Ooh. Or your public lives? <laughs> <laughs> we've only been reading publicly. Yeah, okay. I only like read, to read to an book. audience. Yeah, I only yeah. read to like, like to read in public transport. Well, actually, I've got an audience right here. <laughs> Very good. I only like to read to rounds of applause. <laughs> there was a slight delay there, anyway. They just pay people to follow me around and clap while yeah. I read. It would be very distracting. <laughs> it would be distracting. Um, I love to read. And at the moment I'm reading a really good book called Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Okay. Talk mm. me through that title. What is it, sorry? The Crawdads. So it's set in sort of uh, – of like Southern America, basically. Okay. Um, and it's set kind of, um, I think it's in like the early 1900s-ish, something like that, maybe the nine. yeah, pretty early. Um, it's, <laughs> it's set in a swamp. I really don't explain this very well. It's set in a swamp um, and it's sort of about a girl who really gets abandoned. She lives um, in a shack with her alcoholic father and um, she had siblings and her mother was there too and then her mother was sort of violently beaten by um, her dad over a long period of time and so she leaves and then her other siblings leave and so she's really left alone with this alcoholic father at six years old um, and it crosses between her storyline. She kind of – kind of be, the crawdads are kind of birds that she kind of becomes really good friends with. Right, like gotcha. her only friends. What is um, this, the podcast suggestible, Claire? <laughs> no, My God, let me hurry it up. Well. It's very late at night. You know, I don't work very well at night. <laughs> um, anyway, it sounds boring. It's really brilliant and it actually begins with a murder. So a body is found in the swamp, oh. in the mud, and then it jumps between time. So it kind of jumps fast, like forwards and backwards. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's a really interesting look at that era Um Actually, it's set in 1950s, I should say. I've just realised. Still pretty early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that really early period. Not doing this vaguely book. <laughs> yeah, almost earlier. the first half of the century. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> almost. I'm really not doing this book um, a lot of justice. But have you, have you finished the book? No, I'm only halfway through. Aha, uh-huh, fantastic. Mm. Yeah, so, I, so we haven't found out who is like, we know who was murdered, but we don't know who murdered him. The royal way. The royal we, mm. correct. Um, and there's a bit of a love story going on too. But she's she's really like a heartbreaking character but really strong. And he, gosh, she can't read but she's really um, amazing at fishing and, you know, living with the land and all of that kind of stuff because she has to be self-sufficient because she's left alone at about six years old. Mm. Mm. So it's really interesting. And to look at that side of America that I didn't know anything about. So there you go. That's the book I'm reading. What are you Very reading? Cool. I don't think I've actually read like an adult book since last time <laughs> we were on. But I do read a lot of kids' books with my son. I, I put him down most nights while Claire's drinking. And the idea <laughs> is that... <laughs> do applause while reading my favourite yeah. book. <laughs> um, my sister-in-law gave us this book. It's called Boy by Phil Cummings. And it's basically about a, a boy who lives in a village... In like yeldy times, it was a whatever you said. What was the expression a while back? Or it was earlier than now. 
And it's a fictional <laughs> world where these dragons and these knights are fighting and this boy's deaf. So he's kind of oblivious to what's going on, sort of, but he also sees the fear in the village. And it's just a lovely story about this kid who st- still communicates with people and has a different way of looking at things. And it's, it's just it's a kid's book, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. So, yeah, if you like books, this is one. Yeah, Fantastic. it is actually really lovely. Mm. It makes me cry. It's really nice. This book I'm reading makes me cry. Not me, Dave. (laughs) You are drinking from a Coca-Cola can that says bro on the side. You know it. I went through 40 cans. I poured through them all. (laughs) When Dave arrived at our house, you were wearing the world's worst singlet. The world's best singlet. You were really embracing the word bro. Okay, tell me if this is. uh, It's falling apart at the seams. It's literally being held up by two strings. I will wear it until it. uh, One will go off, then it's a halter top. (laughs) I've never seen a top that. (laughs) Yeah. Disheveled. Dave Dave Exclaimed, there's holes on the back. Yeah, it's like well. 13 years old. I just wanna, I, when like I bought this today, the guy's like, it's two for whatever. And then he touched like the mouth part with his finger. It's like, it's two for whatever. And you're like, oh, like, no, thank you. He that part of the can. Did you rinse it off? No, <laughs> I forgot. Oh, oh, you're a bro. I know. Oh, you're someone's weird fingery oh. And he's touching coins and stuff, isn't he? Oh, all day long. Oh, all day no. long. I'm never kissing you again. That's Me it. either. It's over. <laughs> That's <laughs> Dave, it. Dave's really put his foot That's down. It. Damn, it's going to be a good night. Does anyone <laughs> want to drink well before we get started? None after that guy's touched it. Thank you so much. All right. Well, great to hear that you guys have been reading different, very different stuff. Sure. That's great. I have been reading uh, this month uh, our Christmas edition of the show. So last year I did uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Yes. And uh, this year I've gone with uh, William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Ooh, classy. Do you know anything about Twelfth Night? I know the name. And is it spelt with a K? No. And I know even less than <laughs> I thought. Not, it's not the Twelfth Night in the regiment. I actually know nothing about this play. Yeah. I like a lot of Shakespeare plays. But I don't know anything about this one. Oh, fantastic. Well, I hope I'm going to do it a bit of justice and also not confuse the heck out of everyone. You did warn us up top before the show. That yeah, that's right. It's slightly confusing mm. with a couple of characters going by a couple of different names, which yeah, okay. always adds a bit of confusion. But first of all, uh, people suggest books that I should do on the show, and this one was suggested by Sahara B from California. Good name. Who uh, filled out the little form that there's going to be a link to in the description of this episode if you want me to suggest a book and, or play. And if I do it, I will shout out to you. So thank you so much to Sahara B for doing that and suggesting I do Twelfth Night. I've done a few Shakespeare's now. I've done Hamlet, Othello, Romeo and Juliet and The Tempest. But this is the first comedy oh. of Shakespeare's Ooh. I've done. Yes. There you go. And it's a bit of a romantic comedy. Oh, rom-com. Even better. He is the originator of the rom-com. Absolutely. The old Shakespeare. He's the originator of a lot of things, Shakespeare. He does like – he has a lot of our language is kind of based around stuff he made up. That's true. So imagine, it, imagine if he knew. Imagine. <laughs> if he could see now. He probably wouldn't have Correct. worn such a dumb frilly collar if he knew. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have worn something but cooler. But it was the fashion of the this time. But you need something or, that's going to last. Yeah, or shave your head. Like, don't just scroll it out on the side. I mean, who would wear, like, a dumb thing? I don't get photo. I'm not a famous playwright. I can do whatever I want, Claire. (laughs) Famous playwright. I prefer that you wear a frilly collar to a singlet that's falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) So, Twelfth Night, also titled What You Will. Oh, really? Will will with a K? No, sorry. (laughs) Will will? with with a double L. Well, that is also how he spelled his name, so not... With one as a comedy by William Shakespeare, written around 1601, possibly 1602, people think it was intended as a 12th Nights entertainment for the close of the Christmas season. So that's why it's called 12th Night. Makes sense. 
doesn't actually have any references to what we now know as a modern Christmas. Right, so all the Dickens stuff and Santa and whatever. Yeah, all, yeah, the Santa, the Christmas trees, all that kind of stuff. That's actually not really referenced. So if you if you watched it out of context, you'd be like, this isn't really a Christmas yeah. play. It doesn't ram it down your throat like most Christmas movies That's do. There's no days. love, actually. No. <laughs> so it's different than the movie from 2003, <laughs> Love Actually. Got it. That's, my That's a good starting Christmas point. Movie. It is a good film. It is, I like it is, it. It's it is fun. I watched it the other day. Mm but it's still frequently performed around Christmas time because that's what it's traditionally been. Mm. So it's basically associated as a Christmas play. Love it. Often interpreted as very musical Shakespeare as well. So many of the characters are musicians in the in the play and I've seen it live a couple of times and both times at Christmas. For me they did a little too much music. Not a big fan of a musical. Oh, okay. There were lots of sing songs and people playing lutes. Did they work in modern music or did they take his lyrics and well, no, they took the lyrics and they sort of did sort of, sort of tried to do period music with oh, no. harpsichords. Nobody wants that. No good. <laughs> you know, harpsichords and lutes and things like that. Get out yeah. of here. I saw a movie once where they tried to make out that Mozart was like a rock star of his generation. I remember that movie. Which I sort of think he was. Like, obviously. He, yeah, that was popular him, music. But no one's kind of rocking out to like Mozart. No, really. no. Right. it's more like a sitting and nodding the head kind yes. of situation. Oh, very good, very good. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Mm, excellent. But I just think people were so bored then. <laughs> yeah. Like, the loops, great. What else are you going to do That was in the era then? where it got dark and you just had to That's lie down. That's what I mean. I reckon there was people were so bored. <laughs> people would go to public hangings because they were like, oh, something's happening. So Brian's hanging from a tree. Let's you, go yeah. watch would it. Would you go to a public hanging? No. Well, I probably wouldn't go to the depends first. Depends on who was being. But hung. if there was like one every week, I feel like I'd eventually make my way there. You get yeah. oh, so you it's, it's laziness <laughs> that's stopping you. Yeah, no, no, I think it's like when it's more socially acceptable. Oh, like, okay. I guess we go to this. Yeah, I guess this is like a thing. church at Christmas. Time. Yeah, Everyone's I wouldn't be really going, into it, so you, but, uh, every, you'll see everybody there. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Darren, what are you doing up on the block? Stuff <laughs> <laughs> you. All right, so it's a five-act play, and it is set in the kingdom of Illyria. Fictional? Ooh. Fictional. Love it. Uh, we meet the wealthy and powerful Duke Orsino. Duke Orsino? Orsino. Orsino is his name. Oh, Are you okay. thinking Duke Orsino? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I was <laughs> I'm thinking Duke. Sino. I did or, tell you this, uh, if you prefer. I think off air I did tell you. Did I, I can't remember what I said off air or, or on the show now, but there are characters known by a couple of names. So it's, he could be oh. Duke Orsino. <laughs> okay. I understand where you could get the confusion there. Uh, he rules Illyria and despite his wealth and power is in mourning as the woman he loves, Lady Olivia, does not love him back. Whilst he pines, he orders his musicians to play music. So this nice. is one of the first instances where, you know. That's when you you, you knew you were in for a long night, when you saw that movie. Oh, like, <laughs> that oh no. Oh, oh no, it's a musical one. Yeah, Here yeah. we go. Uh, that's oh. like, you know, have you read Lord of the Rings where like every so, so often song. the elves break into song and it goes for like five pages? That, I mean, it's, that is difficult because you're making up the tune in your head. Yeah, exactly. Stage. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah. I would just yeah. sk- skip ahead. Yeah, yeah. you do. That's mm. the only way you get through it. It's mm. a lot of like leaves on the trees and the lutes at the playing were eaten at the feast. That was word for word J.R. Tolkien. Wow. Right it's one of the good ones too. Beautiful so, poultry. Yeah. <laughs> poultry there from the main man. What is it? Jonathan Ronald Raul is his name? I don't know. Raul. As we know, you've got a do go on episode about it. Yes. That nobody remembers. Which we discovered. We who did, who was did in a live episode. one recently. Yeah. And um, Tolkien came up and I said, oh, Jess, you should know. You did a report on it. She's like, no, I did not. <laughs> We've never done that. <laughs> yes, you did. 
We did and you did. It is John Ronald Roll. Great work. I remember something. <laughs> there you go. I also remembered that I did not do the report. <laughs> it may have been matter. I don't know. One of us did it. As long and, as you didn't. Yeah. Uh, one of his lords, uh, Valentine. Ooh. Tells Orsino and coincidentally the audience. Can you believe this? <laughs> oh my gosh. Storytelling device. <laughs> That Olivia does not return the Duke's messages, which he really should, shouldn't take personally as she is in proper mourning for the death of her brother. Okay. So he's in mourning because she won't talk to him, but she's in proper mourning. Oh, my God. Oh, so her brother died and he's like, hey, how hey, about some something, something? Right back to my messages. What's going on? Yeah, exactly. I mean, grief is nature's a- aphrodisiac, oh, is it not? Lord. Um, and we're told that she dons a veil and in tribute to uh, her brother refuses to see anyone for seven years or marry for seven years, which you would think would be implied by not seeing anyone for seven yeah. years. <laughs> but they are both, both stated to us. That uh, is a long time to be off Tinder, seven years. That's seven, true. It is a long, long time. I, like, was that yeah. his dying wish? Your brother said, don't marry don't for seven, seven years. years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> As is Christmas tradition yeah. in this era, maybe. Yeah, also, I feel like that would be more like if your husband died. But why your brother? Yeah, who your gives brother's a shit? gone. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's not like you're moving on. Yeah. No, exactly. No, that's They're right. Your parents, they just want something. Well, so fun. seven they years. Want a party to go to. Yeah. For them, that's, a, that's like half your life yeah. a lot of the time, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's it. You, People live till 22 and they got a splinter and they die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're over the hill. It's a real mm. roll of the dice. Mm. So basically, despite his healthy obsession, Duke Orsino has no shot with Lady Olivia. Meanwhile, we cut to a conversation with an old sea captain. Love it. Arr, me Hershey's. I love an old sea captain <laughs> me character. Too. It takes me back to our last one. <laughs> yeah, that's right, the old man of the sea. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. That's why I brought you guys back here tonight. Correct, exactly. Uh, this sea captain has just rescued a young girl named uh, Viola from a shipwreck. Oh. Viola survived, but sadly her identical twin brother, Sebastian, doesn't seem to be so lucky. What is his brother so brothers dying? brothers are dying. <laughs> yes. And the women are surviving. The way nature so how long does she it. have to wear yeah. a veil for? Then I guess it's married. seven years. I guess it I is. Guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's her twin as well. Surely My last dying wish is that you'd be lonely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So Sebastian... Was last seen grabbing onto a mast for dear life in the shipwreck, but Viola doesn't want to cling to any false hope. So someone said, I saw him, but now he's gone. She basically presumes he's gone. Fair. Viola now needs to make a life for herself in this foreign kingdom that she's washed ashore on, and luckily this old sea captain is happy to tell her about the lie of the land. Also, coincidentally, us, the audience, about the lie that of the land. That is so handy. So handy. Exposition. I love it. <coughs> he explains that Orsino is in love with Lady Olivia but that the Duke hasn't got a hope because of her seven-year pact to not see anyone. Mm. Viola, also sad about her own brother's death, comments that she'd like to work in Olivia's household and also shut herself off from the world like the good lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I, could, I can really relate to that lady. Yeah. <laughs> but the sea captain reminds her that this is unlikely to happen as she isn't seeing anyone for seven years. Yeah, yeah. So Viola decides instead to try and work for Duke Orsino, gotcha. the most powerful the Richest man in the land. Yeah, Duke Orsino. Both very powerful Yes, men. either of them. Either or. <laughs> possibly available. both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she decides that she must disguise herself as a young man in order to get the job and goes off to find a convincing disguise. This is such a Shakespeare. Shakespeare in love. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare 101, mate. And thus starts the play and sets in motion some pretty comical events. <laughs> oh, the comic. comedy is ramping up. I love it. I know I keep saying I love it, but I do love it. You love this? Yeah. So Viola. <laughs> it's a good premise. Yeah, just to recap, Viola has decided I want to work for Duke Orsino. I have to look like a man to get yep. the job. 
let me find something that a beautiful disguise, a convincing disguise. Yes. Right. Okay. Now we must meet the lady that Duke Orsino pines for, Lady Olivia and her household. Olivia lives with her drunken uncle, the incredibly named Sir Toby Belch. That's a great <laughs> That's name. That's a great name. Also, I thought she wasn't seeing anyone. But does that Outside not the include household. her household. People that already have lived there, yeah, yeah but uh, she's not seeing – not new people. Oh, yeah. okay. Nobody Basically knew. Shutting herself up. But I think she's got about five servants and things that live with her. People right. would and have family. been rolling in the aisles for Toby Belch. Toby Belch. Because that's one of those things now you hear it and you go, yeah, okay, I get it. But like then it would have been like, oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> you didn't, William. Is that an accident? Does he know that he's done that? <laughs> what are the chances he called himself Toby Belch? <laughs> and uh, he's also brought his friend uh, Sir Andrew Agwachik. <laughs> that is an amazing name. That's my favourite name. Agwachik. Agwachik. And uh, he's hoping that Agwachik, uh, so Andrew, can uh, marry his niece, Lady Olivia. Okay. The one yep. not seeing anyone. Got it. But he's still brought him around anyway. Check so Belchie brought around Cheek. Yeah. Cheeky to, to, to marry Olivia. Yeah. Who's and not seeing anyone. No. But despite protests from the others in the household, Toby Belch thinks that uh, Sir Andrew is a good match for his niece because of Andrew's status, his wealth, his way with languages and music. So he sounds like a great guy. Sounds like an excellent catch. But when Andrew yeah. enters the stage, we, the audience, immediately realise he is a drunken idiot. Oh, Andrew. Oh, no. He can't even get people's names right. <laughs> He's a silly man. <laughs> so I actually saw, I saw the um, MTC, the Melbourne Theatre Company, put this play on last year and uh, fantastic comedian Frank Woodley oh, really? played this character. Ooh, okay. A really physical comedian. That yes, is a very, very physical. And he I've just pictured that like yes, immediately. Yes, and he, yeah. he very much handed up the physical comedy for this and it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, so it took him about five minutes to get onto the stage because he, uh, he, he was holding a sword and he couldn't get through the doorway. <laughs> It was classic Mr. Bean style comedy. It was a really long time. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, It was very. It was one of those things. that was funny. It wasn't that funny, and then it got funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, just for uh, any Aussies or big fans of comedy, uh, you can probably imagine what. Oh uh, yeah, Frank Woodley for the rest of the episode from Lena and Woodley, who were an excellent comedy show. One of the best TV shows we've Mm. ever made in Australia was their show. Loved it. Uh, So that's Sir Andrew. Uh, Andrew is convinced that he has a shot with Olivia, and that sorry, he's convinced that he has no shot with Olivia. And that she'll probably marry the powerful Duke Orsino, who's even got more money than he does. But Toby, Toby Belch, wants to keep his friend Andrew around and flatters him, saying that Olivia will surely fall for a man of your pedigree. This is music to Andrew's ears as he is quite vain and they, they then do some drunken dancing. Nice. <laughs> Throughout this play, those two are, com- are pissed the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Extremely. Excellent. The real reason Toby wants to keep Andrew around is that Toby is secretly spending Andrew's money. So he's dipping into right. his pocket. Okay, that makes throughout sense. Throughout the place. So he's basically his cash cow. So he's gotcha, got gotcha, to flatter gotcha, him. Gotcha. No, no, Olivia, she'll fall for she's you, mate. You're going to love you, mate. You're a great guy. Give me a pineapple. I mean, it's $50. <laughs> yeah, give me a pineapple. <laughs> or a literal <laughs> pineapple, which what probably would have been money? expensive. Yeah, exactly. What was the money in ye old England called? I don't know. Tents? Shillings? Nuts and yeah, bolts. Yeah, so it's all, it's all about the shillings. Wooden pounds? berries? Who knows? <laughs> eggs. <laughs> yeah, eggs. <laughs> That'll be 15 eggs. <laughs> Say pegs right. or eggs? I said pegs, but it would be funny. <laughs> That'll be 15 pegs. I've only got 15 eggs. Well, get out of here. Your eggs are no good here. <laughs> 
It would be really hard to carry around a lot of eggs to pay for things, though. I'm sure they'd they wouldn't really fit in a wallet. It would be very hard. Wouldn't you have an egg belt? (laughs) (laughs) You'd get quite stinky though, because you know they have no refrigeration. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, correct. But then you'd always have a weapon at the ready just in case you could egg people. That's true. You don't like. You count eggs as weapons. (laughs) Yeah. This is. We've solved this this fictional example of currency (laughs) that we've made up. When I was in year 12, a whole lot of girls, not me, because I'm the big, world's biggest nerd, got suspended for egging a whole lot of houses like in the street next to our high school in their school uniform. Love oh, it. no. You gotta be, During the day. You've got to be smarter about your egging. Guess yeah. who never got caught for egging? This guy. <laughs> All right. That was an egging machine, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're egging. You had an egg belt. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, that's where the idea came from. Just rolled off your you're tongue e- there. You're egging schools or oh, houses next to schools that you don't go to. That's exactly Dressed right. in their in uniforms. In their uniforms, that's right. Correct. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Viola, the girl who survived the shipwreck and wanted to work for Duke or Cena. What about her? Well, she's done exactly that. She's dressed as a man and named herself Cesario. Very good. Ooh, I love that name. So that's her alter ego throughout mm. the rest of gotcha. the show. I I'm gonna so far, I am keeping up. Oh, that's good. So is this where this is as complicated as it gets? Is this, is this yeah, all yeah, people for the, the end. most part? Okay, cool. Um, when it all wraps together in a nice, neat little package, you'll Can't be wait. pleased to hear about that for this romantic <laughs> comedy. But um, So, yes, I'll be continuing to try and remind you that Cesario is also Viola. Gotcha. But that's what she's done. And Orsino has really warmed to this new young man that's working for yeah. him. So much so that he trusts him with his only quest in life, winning the heart of Lady Olivia. Oh, okay. So he keeps sending her love messages. Someone's going to take him. So he's picked this new guy, Cesario. Makes sense. He instructs Viola, dressed as Cesario, to carry his love messages to Olivia. And when asked why she'd suddenly start listening when she's ignored all the previous messages, Duke Orsino reveals his dumb plan. Olivia will listen to you, that's uh, Cesario, as you're a very, very attractive young man. Oh. Almost like a woman somehow. <laughs> this guy's so confused. <laughs> I bet he's really just struggling with this whole situation. <laughs> and just a note to listeners, um, you should definitely not send your much hotter friend in to chat up your crush. Oh, no. That is a terrible no. idea. Yeah. Have you ever been to any kind of year nine social situation? You don't want to do it that way. Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. The less hot, the better in that situation. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> Send an ago. I never really understood that whole idea of being like, hey, my friend wants to make out with you. What do you reckon? What do you mean you don't understand? It's cowardice, obviously. Yes, that is. It's exactly what it is. I don't know if it's – I've never seen it work. People though. are just oh, scared. it works. Does it work? Yeah. But what does the friend do? Like while they're standing there while the other friend I guess talks they, to the girl. I don't know. Take photos. Yeah, take photos. <laughs> That's probably what the kids do these days. They put on Snapchat they or something. Do. They put on Snapchat. <laughs> Comb their hair into yeah. a quiff or something. Yeah. I, th- I so. I think it does work if you're a, a coward asking another coward. Exactly. Oh, okay. Ah, I get to really kiss someone and not do and anything. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I see. All right. Mm. Okay. So that's that's what you need to hone in on. If you're a coward, get your friend to ask another coward. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Right. But don't let your friend be much hotter than you. No. So and a coward saying. knows yes, a coward that as is well. Strategic. So you got to be correct. Right, yeah. A hot coward, though. You don't want to be kissing no. Ugly I think cowards. if it's your first, you should just be like, take what you can get, to be honest. <laughs> take the coward. Just get, get one under your belt, you know what I mean? Yes. Get one coward under your belt. No, just whoever. Get your kissing practice up, you know what I mean? All right. That's true. And, of course, beauty is only skin deep. Yes. Well, exactly. We all definitely, but the person that you love may not be as unvain as you are, so don't send it a hot person just in case. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I'm saying. correct. These are all worse <laughs> so you're yeah, So you're allowed to be a good person. And judge people on their character, but they may not. So just in case, don't send in the hot guy. Perfect. 
Yes, I agreed. So, but anyway, Vi- Viola, Justice Cesario, takes the love letter to Olivia, but not before revealing through soliloquy, which is where the character Song, speaks yes. out loud oh, to the oh, audience. Okay. Soliloquy. Turns out I don't I know what a soliloquy is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm glad I was putting it out there in case, because I've talked about it on every Shakespeare episode so far. Yeah. So, yes, when they uh, reveal their inner, inner thoughts out mm. loud, and sometimes they even do it with another character standing about three metres away from them. But, you know, in the world of the play, yeah. they can't hear it. Yes. It's only in the movie Austin Powers where he's accidentally saying it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what does the person do while the other person's soliloquying? So, oh, I've seen it. Sometimes they adjust it's their a literal belts. pause. Other times they're doing another oh. action. They're like writing a letter out oh, or, yeah. you know. Or, oh. yeah. Miming a conversation yes, with someone yes, else perhaps. that kind of uh, thing. Wiping yeah. the benches. Basically they go into folding f- the washing. It's a full extra mode in the yeah. background. Oh. Drinking a glass of orange juice. There's a real skill to that because you, yeah. yeah. Or I guess you would just pause. Yeah. So you could pause. Yeah, sometimes like it is like a mm, sort of time warp type thing. Uh, but Viola reveals, dressed as Cesario, through soliloquy to the audience that uh, Viola herself has fallen in love with her master, Duke Orsino. Suspected as much. And hopes that one day she can marry him. Mm. But she's carrying his love letter to another woman. Yeah. But he's not interested in her because he thinks that she is a man. It's very, uh, but he's also very like, heteronormative, this play. Yeah, yeah, but he's also like, <laughs> but he's very attractive. I don't, <laughs> oh, i got some it's weird like, feelings. Yeah. This is definitely part of Shakespeare in Love. Oh, this this is movie. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it. Oh, it's very but well. Gwyneth Paltrow dresses up as a man, and um, the Shakespeare character who's the writer. I can't remember Shakespeare. Shakespeare. (laughs) Shakespeare Um, character. William Shakespeare. He uh, falls in love with her dressed as a woman, like in her womanly clothes. And then doesn't realise that she's actually also the man that's his friend. And so there's a whole thing going on. Ah, uh, right. So it's very much th- th- that, that kind right. of thing. Yeah, that kind of And there's vibe. even a line where the Duke Orsino says, like, oh, you even have such thin lips, you know, which is, as an audience, we're supposed to go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he's actually Viola this whole time. You dumbass. Also, thin lips isn't even cool now. You want you want the opposite of that. That's right. Really? People pay to get yeah, them plumped up now. Plumped up, yeah. Thin lips. thin lips like a lizard. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Plant them on me. <laughs> Your tiny lips. Oh, <laughs> I can't now, though, because you drank the fingered Coke. That's true. Oh, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing to the Coke? <laughs> to be fair, I did buy two, and I don't know which one it is, so oh, it might not be this one. He's only fingered one of the Cokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's gone and, like, fingered all of the Cokes. He probably oh. has. Yeah. What, uh, what was the purpose of the tap again? What Just was to it? be like, it's two for whatever, and he taps, like, the... Had you already now. picked two? Where no. From? And then oh, I went, okay. I get two. So that was well. an upsell and he touched. And he touched. Yeah, he's a good salesman. <laughs> yeah, because you go, I don't want that one. I'll get the other one. Yeah. Get the second one. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Throw out the first. <laughs> oh, God. So Viola, dressed as Cesario, has just revealed to us that she is in fact lo- in love with Duke Orsino. Mm. But she has to deliver the message to Olivia that Duke Orsino is actually in love with. And uh, Olivia is told there is a man at the gate wanting to talk to her. Remember, she said, I won't speak to anyone for seven years. So she sends out her servant, Melvolio, who we'll talk a bit more about later on. Oh, okay. new character. To go and hear the message, but he reports back that the man refuses to speak to anyone but Olivia herself. That's his orders. Mm. That's so, Viola as Cesario. Yeah, that's, that's right. So all oh, this young man here is actually Cesario. This thin-lipped gentleman is quite yes. assistant. This beautiful high cheekbone <laughs> thin-lipped gentleman. Well, actually, Olivia asks, so she's told, oh, this guy doesn't want to talk to anyone but you, so she asks about him. And she's told that he's a young man and is quite handsome. Mm. This is Malvolio saying this as well. So she decides to let him in. 
Cesario, which again is Viola disguised, starts to give the memorized speech to uh, Olivia, but she won't have any of it and refuses to hear any more. She's heard, it's just like beautiful love rambling. Yeah, just drop it. One of those, you know, it's just, it's like, mate, does this even mean anything yeah, to yeah. you? You're just talking. So Let me just stare at your handsome <coughs> face instead. Mm. <laughs> well, Cesario, she, uh, Olivia says, stop talking right there. I'll, I'll stop you right there, mate. Mm. Cesario goes <laughs> off script and starts to praise Viola's beauty and her ears start to prick up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a beautiful young man. Hello, hello. She's more interested in the young man than his master. So she asks Cesario questions about who he is. Cesario says he comes from noble blood, which is actually technically true because Viola does herself come from noble blood. Right, right. But she's distressed as this yes. character, Cesario. Does she pretend to be a dead brother who then later shows up? No, she's other not pretending brother. to be the brother. Okay, right, right. But what if I reveal to you that she might look a little bit like him? Mm. <laughs> ah, plot twist. Yeah, well, we'll, get, we'll talk about that. <clears throat> Pardon me. She sends Cesario back to Duke Orsino to tell him that she's not interested in him, that she never ever will be, so just give up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but she asks the young man to come back and tell her what Orsino says when he hears the reply, basically giving this young hot guy a reason to come back and talk to her. Yeah, nice. And just in case that's not enough, she also sends Malvolio, her servant, after Cesario, saying that he left a ring behind, which he did not. Oh. Just turns out that Lady Olivia has realised, and she tells us, that she is in love with Cesario. You promised me this was heteronormative, <laughs> David. Well, after one meeting. There you go. Well, that's uh, because she thinks it's a man. Yes. And now we have a love triangle. To, <laughs> let me A classic. Let me so talk you through this triangle. They're not... None of them are in love with the person that they want to be in love. None of the, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes. So the no way one, your brain works is just mind-boggling. <laughs> the coat's wearing off. <laughs> no one is loved back. So Viola loves her master, yes. Duke Orsino. Yeah. Viola is dressed as Cesario, the man. But Orsino loves Lady Olivia. Yes. But Lady Olivia loves Cesario, who's actually Viola. Yes. Whoa. So it literally is a triangle when it's no one. Yes, it is. I mean, seemingly progressive, <laughs> but then whence, whence? There you go. I'm getting into the spirit of it. <laughs> once they find out uh, about these uh, genders, they will not be as yeah. on board. Throats cut are plenty, no oh, doubt. I see. Oh, I was hoping that in the end, Olivia gets together with Viola. No, Ooh, they'd both be and they like, run off into the night. No, they'd be stoned for being witches or something. Oh, but sexy witches. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the best kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sadly, it is quite it is quite conservative. But, you know, but also, yeah. I mean, it's the 1600s. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So all of that happens in Act 1, but that's the longest act and it's it sets up everything for the rest of the play. Sure. So don't worry, we're not going to be here all night. <laughs> I often How say, many acts did you say? There is five. Good Lord. No, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, the final act, as often is the way, it just has one scene that wraps yeah. it all together. Uh, act 2 starts with two new characters. Mm-hmm. The first is Antonio, who's been looking after another man who survived a shipwreck, a certain oh Sebastian, Viola's twin brother. Oh ba, ba, dear. Ba. Yeah. So he didn't die at all. Sebastian actually thinks that his sister Viola has died and he's extra bummed about this as she was the only family he had left. Mm. So now reckless and seeing himself as having nothing to live for, Sebastian decides to go on a trek through the land he washed up on without a care in the world. <laughs> Antonio, who's been looking after Sebastian, wants to go too, but Sebastian tells him it will be too dangerous and goes off alone. But Antonio has grown a fondness for Sebastian, quite 
possibly a deep fondness. So there you go. Okay. Same-sex attraction there. It's never fully stated in here, but uh, lots of people do uh, speculate that Antonio is uh, in love with Sebastian. Sure. And uh, even though he's been told it's too dangerous, Antonio wants to go and support his pal. The one thing holding him back is that he has many enemies in Duke Orsino's kingdom and he's scared of stirring up these old battles. I'd appreciate that. But eventually he decides to go anyway because he really, really likes Sebastian. Mm. <coughs> Meanwhile, Lady Olivia's steward or assistant or servant, written a few ways, Malvolio, we talked about earlier, tracks down Cesario, aka Viola, dressed as Cesario, and gives her the ring that Lady Olivia pretended that he left behind. She's like, I, don't, I haven't seen this before. What are you doing this? Well, is it that situation? She's, or or she, she's like, I'll take it. She is confused, but she plays along before revealing to the audience that she suspects the ring means that Lady Olivia has fallen in love with her male alter ego. Ah, so yes. she's, she knows. She's, she's wise to it. Yeah. And at the time this was written, she remarks how dismal a situation it is that she had to fall in love with another woman. <laughs> she says, quote, poor lady, she were better love a dream. See? <laughs> You'd do better to fall in love with a dream. You couldn't fall in love with a woman. <laughs> She hopes that, and she says to the audience that, that that time can heal this love triangle because she's all out of ideas. Yeah. I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas. I've only got time. That's the only thing left. It's the only card I can play. So she's, you know, she's pretty, fairly clever, Viola, in terms of working out what's going on here. Mm. Uh, the subplot of this play involves Lady Olivia Stewart or head servant Malvolio that I talked about before. He's a very uptight man who is detested by the others in the household. The two drunkards, Livia's uncle, Toby Belch, and his friend, Sir Andrew, the one with the money that's being taken advantage, are drinking one night, as they do, and being loud as they are, singing the songs that they do. Malvolio comes in to tell them off, as he does. And the two drunks make fun of Malvolio, and when he leaves in a huff, threatening to report their behaviour to Lady Olivia who he says they'll kick them out for carrying on, they decide to hatch a plan. Oh. Ooh, a plan. So a Andrew, plan, yes. A man with a plan. <laughs> Two men with one plans, correct? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> 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 well, after, at first the plan is, so Andrew says, I should challenge that man to a duel. Oh, Straight up. Duel. <laughs> it's like the Princess Bride. Yeah. That's well, a great movie. That, that is a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. It's a classic. It's a pretty good movie. Pretty. You've really turned great. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's is there about an Antonio it. I haven't seen in it. that? The Princess Bride. Not to my knowledge. Is there an Antonio? I think the Antonio is the, the sword fighter. No, that's Anigo um, Montoya. Montoya. Oh, that's who I'm. T- yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's okay. He's probably got a brother called Antonio. Who anyway. died in a shipwreck. Yes, yeah, sorry, sure. David. <laughs> Continue with your 12th night play. Oh, yeah. So Sir Andrew says, oh, I should challenge that man to a duel. But Maria, who also lives in the household, comes up with a better plan. A practical joke that will make Malvolio look rather foolish. Love it. Oh. She proposes that they write fake love letters about Malvolio, supposedly written by their master, Lady Olivia, and leave them lying around for Malvolio to find. It's an ingenious plan as Maria has identical handwriting to Olivia... Because Malvolio is blindly arrogant, he believes everyone loves him and they're sure he'll fall for the ruse, despite the fact that everyone hates him. Yes. <laughs> he's an uptight, he's not nice, he's arrogant, he's not a great guy. The two drunks, Toby and Andrew, realise the time, decide it's too late to sleep and decide to just keep on drinking. Yeah. yeah. Party boys. Yeah, go the boys. They never stop. 
Never stop, never give up. Hold your head high and reach the top. When the world seems say to you get too tough, really get drunk with you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the musical versions of the play had incorporated music like that instead yeah. of the loot stuff, I would have been on board. You want some high energy. Right? I appreciate that. Exactly. Also, is Malvolio called Malvolio because of the word malvolent? Meaning like, I think malvolent, malvolent means like not very mean nice. Manev- <laughs> now I can't even think of the word. Isn't it Malevolent? No, isn't malvolent a word or malevolent? You're thinking of mal- uh, malevolent? Malevolent. That's what I'm thinking Did of. I say that? No, you said. Mal- <laughs> I don't know what you I said. I know what I said because I was thrown off by whatever word you said. <laughs> I do not function very well this late at night. That's okay. Our it's definition it. of malevolent for anyone wondering. Uh, having or showing a wish to do evil to mm. others. Mm, oh, you might have some, might be something of. in there, Claire. Yeah, I wonder where, it's, uh, where, it, where it comes from. I mean, the big possibility that. I mean, one of the dudes whose name is Burpface Manevol- or whatever, so... Is it so. Malvo- it's not malvolent, it's malevolent. Malevolent. Malevolent, malevolent. You're thinking of Maleficent, the movie, and, then there's and it's also Benevolent, which is... Benevolent? I'm confusing it with, which is like to give things and be very magnanimous. <laughs> oh, my God, Claire. Oh, I'm Googling... You know uh, so many words. Googling no, I don't. I clearly made a word up. Anyway, this is probably not interesting to anybody else. Please edit this out, Dave. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I don't think I will be doing that. <laughs> I'm just Googling uh, Malvolio here, and the first image that comes up is Stephen Fry playing him. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, and oh, at the wow. Melbourne Theatre Comedy Show that I saw last year, I uh, Jeffrey Rush was supposed to play Malvolio. Oh, oh. But then some allegations came out yes, against yes, him, and yes. he stopped performing yeah. publicly, at least yes. during that time. I didn't know any of that stuff at the time, so one of the reasons I bought ticket was we get to see you know uh, one of our great actors, yeah, on the stage, live in theatre, yeah, the boards. which would be quite quite cool. But then, yeah, a few things came out, and uh, he pulled out, not surprisingly. But then also, uh, but Frank Woodley joined the cast, which I said, which was great. And then also uh, Colin Hay from Men at Work was in what the- what Is as he a musician, an actor? yeah, yeah, he was musicianing throughout the play. So he's done a little bit of acting, Scrubs, yeah, and that's the only thing I can think of. But that, uh, that was what, you know, what, one cool part about the music. Mm. It's like, huh, let's get to see. Yeah, the Colin dude from Men Hay. at Work. Colin Hay, yeah. yeah. Apologies for our dog barking <laughs> in the background as well. That's okay. It'll definitely come it's through. It's all going very well. <laughs> we can shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I've got a sound effect that will cover this. <laughs> well done, Claire. We're Genius. applauding you. We are applauding you. <laughs> So cold. Okay, it's going to get really okay, sweaty in here. Fact Sorry. about an air, air conditioning. Did you know that it was invented by men and it generally makes women too cold and it's always set too cold in office buildings? All right, I'll put it up one degree, but that's the only part I'm willing to consider. <laughs> I work in an office and I find it quite cold sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Even on a hot day, we're having a hot spell in Melbourne this week and yeah. I take a jacket just in case. It gets chilly. Yeah. It gets freezing in there. Correct, exactly. It's crazy town out there. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy old world, but yeah, it's so tr- it's actually true that women in general, because of our high percentage of body fat, tend to get colder more easily than blokes. But you also said that women need to work out more, and then it wouldn't be a problem. That's what you told me. No, I didn't. They say They should that. watch what they eat, and then what? it wouldn't be a problem. That's what you <laughs> what said you to me. I thought you were that? an ally of women, <laughs> oh, Claire. God. I don't even know what's happening. Claire's words, just to clarify, <laughs> not my own. <laughs> That wasn't even a funny joke. I didn't, didn't say it was a joke. Sense. I didn't ever. Well, I've say got that. the perfect button for that. <laughs> <laughs> you did that. I, I meant to do the crickets one. 
Oh, sorry. It suddenly got very sense. spooky. The perfect joke. Here. Yeah. Oh, the dream oh, sequence. Sorry, sorry, Ron. We got this. We are we're we're podcasting through the the Roadcaster Pro. Yeah. You should have used the dream sequence for marrying a dream. Oh. oh. There it is. Feels good. But sadly, I didn't, and I got. Crickets. <laughs> right, that's the cricket's button. Good to know. Love this. The purple one. I Love this that. thing. Love these buttons. I know they're really satisfying to touch. Yeah, you can mm. push them all day long. I and I might. <laughs> oh, what's that? Like, we can't hear one? it. <laughs> Sorry, it's a rock and roll. Thing. I don't know. I just, they're, they're Welcome to the show. All right. Yeah. It's Dave and the boys. We love hot rocks. Oh. <laughs> rocks born comedy. And racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was that you two playing the two drunkards? Correct. Yes. Yeah, Toby Belch, Sir Andrew. <laughs> yeah, just trying to bring it back. You know it. Old Belcher and yeah, Cheeky. Yeah. Anyway, this is. <laughs> well, been speaking a, of. Yeah, sorry, what were you saying? This has been a 10 minute deviation. <laughs> well, do we okay. want to. Uh, do people want to hear any more of. Well, just <laughs> to, to, to remind us where we're up to. Speaking of Cheeky and uh, Sir Andrew. There we go. They've come up with the plan to make Malvolio look foolish by mm. thinking that. Uh, their master, Lady Liver, is in love with him. So they leave the letter for Malvolio and watch behind a bush as he reads it aloud. It's vague at first, but then has a code in it that implies Malvolio is the one Olivia is writing about. It says, oh, to my dear beloved or something like that. And he takes the bait and thinks that she is in love with him. The letter then states that if her beloved wants to show that he loves her back, that he should show her with some secret signs. The letter asks him to dress a certain way to show his love. The writer wants him to wear yellow stockings to, quote, go cross-gartered, that is to wear the straps of his stockings crossed around his knees. Oh, a certain my way goodness. Of wearing it. That's probably ridiculous for the day, <laughs> I yes, assume. I In the audience, people are going, this is hilarious. <laughs> cross-gartered, are you kidding me? <laughs> what is this, the 1610s? I don't know what, I don't know what the year this came out. <laughs> 16 No, that would have right, been the future. It would have been before. That. Yeah, set in the not-too-distant yeah. future. <laughs> and it also states that he should be rude to the servants, behave rather strangely, and to show his love by smiling all the time. Malvolio vows out loud to follow the letter's orders and the others watch on laughing because they know Olivia hates the colour yellow, she hates people that dress cross-guarded <laughs> and most importantly will be upset by someone smiling around her all the time as she is still in mourning for her dead brother. Yeah. So they've set him up to look like a right fool. More so. Yes, even I mean, more she so. already didn't like him. <laughs> yes, he's already a very unlikable yeah. guy. Hey team, just Dave here to tell you that this week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Now we are currently in or entering the holiday season and you might be out there rushing around buying gifts and presents for people you love. But have you ever stopped to buy yourself a present? Have you ever thought about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership? Because now is the best time to do it with a special offer for 53% off your first three months. That's right, 53% off your first three months. And all you have to do is go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. And once you become a member, you'll be able to access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Maybe even mathematics for that 53% off. You can choose three titles every month. You get one audiobook and two exclusive Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. You can listen anywhere, anytime, on any device with the Audible app. It's great for commuting, at the gym, 
or just during those beautiful holiday travels. Now, I always have a suggestion for what I've been listening to on Audible this month, and every time I do a Shakespeare, I tell you that I reckon the best way to really get the most out of Shakespeare is to either see it or listen to it. It just makes understanding the text that much easier. And Twelfth Night is available through Audible. There are multiple multiple versions, but the version that I'll be telling you about is the BBC3 radio version, a full cast dramatisation, which stars David Tennant. That's right, the David Tennant. And in this version of Twelfth Night, he's playing Malvolio. So if you want to get more out of Twelfth Night, that is my recommendation this month. And if you want to become an Audible member... Right now, all you have to do is go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500 and you'll get the first three months of Audible for just six ninety five a month, more than half off the regular price. So one more time, if you want to take advantage of this limited time offer, just go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. All right, now back to the show. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, Viola still dresses the man Cesario sent uh, by Duke Orsino to continue to pro- propose his love to Olivia. Yes. Cesario again starts professing his master's love, but Olivia cuts him off and just begs him to stop and then professes her own love for Cesario. Cesario, who, remember, is Viola, tells Olivia in a very polite way that uh, that he or she can never love Olivia, which Olivia seems to accept, but she also invites Cesario to keep coming back to talk to her. Yeah, yeah. you're hot, I don't mind. Yes, even if I can't have you, I'd love to see you. Just be great. Just pop in whenever. Uh, So Andrew, one of the drunkards, the one that is hoping to have a shot with Olivia, sees this and uh, having seen her be all over Cesario, decides that he wants to leave. But Toby, who needs Andrew around for his money, encourages him to stay and to challenge Cesario to a duel. <gasps> oh my goodness! Uh-oh. This is oh, this is not good for Cesario because Cesario is probably a woman, if I remember correctly. Yes, I know right. plays and Shakespeare. You're following it along. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Olivia sends uh, Malvolio, who's now dressed in yellow, smiling all the time, and uh, quoting from the letter that he thinks his master Olivia wrote for him. So she asks. Send in Malvolio. He comes in. He's dressed in this ridiculous outfit, smiling mm. all the time, and quoting from a letter that she has never heard of yes. before. He thinks he's saying beautiful love poetry back to her to be like, yes, I read your letter. And she's like, what the hell is he what talking are you doing? about? Yeah. He's, he's smiling. He looks weird. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. And um, so she thinks he's gone completely mad. And she assigns Maria and Sir Toby Belts to look after him, the very people that wanted to make him look mad in the first place. Oh, no. This is a comedy oh. of errors. So now, yes, that's also, right. yes. <laughs> so now they're 
they're in charge of the man that they're trying to make look they, foolish. Are they trying to like big him up as well too? And like, you're looking good. You're feeling good. Are they doing some yeah, of those Yeah, they're sort yeah, of yeah. They're setting him up. And, yeah. and uh, remember one of the instructions was to be rude to the other servants, which ah, makes yes. him look even crazier. Yeah. <laughs> they're like nice to him and he's, he's acting very offhand, but then smiling all the time and quoting poetry that no one's ever heard of. This sounds quite funny. Um, of all, it is it is very. Funny. I was going to say to see it. It was a funny. Uh, the person who replaced Jeffrey Rush. It was a funny moment coming out in the mm. cross-guarded yellow yeah. outfit because you know they hammed it up to make it look ridiculous. Yes, and smiling all the time, but like a, a super awkward smile. Yeah, right. It, it was a funny moment. So Malvolio lashes out at uh, Maria and Sir Toby because the letter told him to, and they pretend that he's been possessed by a devil and arrange for him to be locked in a dark room, not unlike a dungeon. <laughs> that people at, uh, that at the time were possessed were sent to. So Andrew, our drunkard, prepares to duel with Cesario over Olivia. This is a gunfight, I assume, or is this a sword one? Sword fight, sword yeah. fight, yes. Um, they, and didn't, they, didn't have, they didn't have gunpowder then, did they? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Oh, some people would have, but yes. Yeah. Uh, at that moment, Antonio bursts onto the scene. <gasps> who He is the one that looked after Viola's twin brother, Sebastian. Yes. He's got many enemies, I believe. Many, many enemies. Many me's. And he sees... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You did it. You did it. Which... (laughs) Yes, you got it right. (laughs) Nice one. I found that a little spooky. (laughs) Just how quick that was. (laughs) That's because James has many enemies. That's true. Too many enemies. from all my eggy. Too many (laughs) enemies. So, uh, Antonio burst onto the scene as Cesario is about to duel Sir Andrew. And he sees Cesario, which is Viola, dressed up yeah. as a man, holding a sword. And he mistakes Viola for her brother Sebastian, ah, the man that he's been friendly of with. This is the part we have to sort of suspend a bit of belief Is here. it the same actor in the play? No. So at the what the twice the two times I've seen it, obviously it would be different every time, is mm. that what they do is they try and they make them dress in exactly the same outfit, the brother and the sister. Okay. And then when Viola's dressed as Cesario, the hair goes up. Yep, yep. You you are definitely looking at two people that aren't the same. <laughs> yes. But you have to pretend that <laughs> yes. but in the world of the play, they're all looking at them going, That's exactly oh, the same person. Oh my goodness, what's happening? It's like that like, you know, a classic thing that many comedies have now where one person leaves and another one comes in. It's like, yes. Oh no, these are two separate people. Yes. So he sees uh, Cesario, which is Viola, holding the sword and says, Hey, Sebastian, I know you. What up? And um, they look exactly alike. <laughs> so Antonio, Antonio thinks he that uh, his friend Sebastian is about to be in a sword fight and he offers to help. But as he does this, Antonio is arrested because he has so many enemies in this area. Yeah, he's done many crimes. <gasps> he should have been wearing his egg belt. Egg belt. Yes. And he could have egged them and escaped. Bit of self-defense. Correct. Or a sword. Yeah, I feel like eggs will be like you could throw them and run. Mm. Yeah, like a smoke bomb. Yes. Egg bomb. Egg bomb. <laughs> to try and disappear behind the yolk. <laughs> yeah. <and it> slowly <laughs> splashes up. Uh, so he's being, as he's being arrested, he reaches out to Viola, thinking that's her brother Sebastian, and begs for help. Mm. But basically saying, I helped you, now can you help me? Can you give me my purse? Because he lent Sebastian some money. Sure. Bail me out type thing. Yeah. But of course Viola has no idea who this man is mm. and has no idea what he's talking about. So Antonio... Doesn't know this, of course, and thinks Sebastian has betrayed him as he's being arrested. 
I see. Because it is Viola dressed as Cesario, which looks exactly like the twin brother Sebastian. Yes. Is this making sense? It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I don't want to be too confusing because if you're not seeing it visually, you're a bit like, well, how are they the same character? In my head, everyone's Frank Woodley, but I get it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> they're all but they're all identical to Frank. That's right. Yeah. Meanwhile, so Viola's just watched this strange man get arrested and yell out Sebastian, which is one good, th- is music to her ears really because it's the first time she's heard her brother's name in a long time. Suddenly she thinks he might still be alive. Yeah. So she runs off stage looking for him. Her twin brother, Sebastian, is still alive and uh, he's actually wandering around minding his own business before he is spotted by one of Lady Olivia's men thinking that it is Cesario, the man that Olivia loves. So they bring this beautiful young man to see Olivia. And when he gets there, he's very confused because everyone's talking to him with this name he's never heard, Cesario, and he thinks everyone around him is mad. Mm. But Olivia sees him, invites uh, him back to her house and again he's so confused but also up for talking to a beautiful yeah, wealthy wouldn't? woman and he agrees to go with her and he says if be if it be thus to dream still let me sleep <laughs> okay <laughs> don't wake me up this is this is great dream you say yes <laughs> <laughs> close enough oh <laughs> uh. Bit of fun there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So she's like, Cesario, come here. And he's like, that's not my name, but you're a beautiful lady. Okay. I'll see where this goes. Call me what you will. Yeah, whatever. Give me a pet name, Cesario. <laughs> it's a weird one. Okay. I'm Sebastian. Okay. Uh, he's so enamored with this, uh, this beautiful woman that when she asks him to marry her, he agrees. How many years has it been? Just to clarify. How many? None. No years. No. They immediately met each other. Like yeah, no, I mean, I think because she has to be, yeah, but she has to be seven years of like. Yeah, well, seven oh. years until she laid yeah. eyes on Cesario and yeah. then went, yeah. Nah. For yeah. someone who wasn't going to look at anybody, she's been looking at a lot of people. A few people have been looked yeah. at. Mm. Mainly just yeah. the two. And the, the twins. And that drunk dude. Yeah, but she wasn't so into him. Yeah, but she still looked at him and she said she wouldn't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that is true. She should have been wearing a blindfold. Yeah, exactly. Correct. You're right. She should have. Mm. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so she's asked who she thinks is Cesario de Mario, but it's actually Sebastian. He goes along with it and uh, they go off and get a priest and they go off to get married. Sweet. Woohoo. Uh, just before this, we've also seen Malvolio, who's the guy that was dressed in the crazy yellow cross-guarded outfit, yes. who everyone, were well, they're pretending is mad in his dungeon. Uh, the people that uh, have dressed him in this outfit, Sir Toby Belch, etc., continue to prank him by performing a religious ceremony that impl- implies that he's a madman. Essentially, they torture him but pass it off as a bit of a fun prank. Ah, uh, yep, 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 uh, yep, yep, That goes back to my theory about people in the Middle Ages liking to go and watch hangings. That's true. Your theory is sound. My theory is sound. Mm. What, is, what do you mean by torture? Like punch him? Oh, no, just psychological stuff. Oh, okay. No, just uh, psychological. They bring in a uh, priest or whatever. Nice pants, idiot. What is that, 1590? That's a very comical form of torture, yes. That's very good, yeah. Feels like something from Hagar the Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's basically stuff like um, implying that he's a devil and things like that. And he's like, but I'm not mad. And they get a priest in who doesn't know that he... Isn't mad. Yes. He's like, no, you are possessed by a devil. Everybody mad at me, mate. Yeah. And he's in like a, a dark room that's very dungeon-like, so it's, mm. not a, not, it's not a nice scene. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Comedy. It's a bit of fun. Bit of fun. Bit of a lark. 
<laughs> and all of this has been building to our final scene, Act 5. Santa. Santa. What has this got to do with Christmas? <laughs> I know, I know. It takes place on the twelfth night. There hasn't been a single reindeer bullied for being slightly different. I don't know what's going on. Is it maybe on. it's set in the North Pole? Is it yes. set in the North Pole, Dave? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Sure all right. All right. It, all right. It absolutely could be. And will they end it by singing Mariah Carey's classic Christmas? Will hit? they, Dave? I think they all will. All I want for oh, Christmas okay. is you. So the final scene. Where everything goes we, down. You did a lot of scenes just then, may I say. Yes, I have I thought sped. we were still in Act 2. Oh, right. No, I've sped through quite a yeah. bit. There. Yeah. So it is really, essentially, once you know Act 1. Really hits the ground running after yeah, that. After yeah, after that. So that's a bit of exposition to yeah. sort of kick us all off so you know where the characters are mm. from then on. Now, it's, it's pretty quick. Don't you tell me what happens at the end. I'm invested in this rom-com. stop talking. I need to know. Well, let me try and, and wrap up these, up these ridiculous misunderstandings. Remember, Duke Orsino loves Lady Olivia. Yes. But Olivia loves Cesario, who is Viola dressed as a man and, yes. and has accidentally married Viola's twin brother, Sebastian. Yep, yep. Yep. So Olivia and Sebastian are now together, even though he has no idea who his new wife is. Yep. And Viola loves her boss, Duke Orsino. Yeah. Right. She's only got, she only wants to put her thin lips yeah, that's on, right. on Duke Orsino. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take either. Yeah. Take what I can get. So Duke Orsino arrives at Olivia's house. House with the Viola dressed as Cesario, his right hand man. Cesario has been helping him out this whole time. Olivia arrives on the scene and sees Cesario and thinks that she's just married him, when in fact she's married the twin brother Sebastian. She's like, "Oh my love!" Orsino hears this and, thinking that his trusty servant has betrayed him and married the love of his life, threatens to kill Cesario, <gasps> aka Viola. This is serious stuff. Cesario prepares to be killed by Duke Orsino because she loves him. She's like, ah, oh, okay, take my love. That's insane. Take my life love. Whoa. Olivia is confused because her new husband appears to be betraying her and forgetting her, so she brings in the priest who confirms that they are, in fact, married. To be like, no, we did just get married, right? The priest confirms it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hearing this, Duke Orsino gives in and he orders the couple to leave his kingdom and never return. I love that the priest did an exorcism and they went, wedding? <laughs> those yeah, just, yeah, those yeah. are like the most extreme two. I mean, I guess funeral wedding, but I feel like exorcism wedding is like yeah. a bigger stretch. He's got a, he's, he's got range. Yeah. yeah. Very, very versatile priest. I wonder if he has like an exorcism outfit and then oh, a right, wedding yeah. outfit. You know, they wear all different yeah, He's probably got like a sharpened cruci- crucifix or something. Yeah. Garlic, garlic, yeah. Bulb, bulb, yeah. Bulbs, bulbs. And on, on a belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a garlic, garlic belt. belt. Yeah. <laughs> True. So, he, so he sends them away. He's like, you guys, go- I don't want to see you again. You've yeah. broken my heart. All right. And so Cesario is confused too because she's like, we're not married. We didn't yeah, get what are married. you talking about? What, I don't, why I don't have be kissing no one? Yeah. Then Sebastian appears, uh, Viola's twin brother mm. uh, and Olivia's new husband. Yes. Who uh, was off stage? Yes, that's right. Doing something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably wrapping Santa's elves' present. He's probably doing something. a poo, I reckon. Polishing. <laughs> <laughs> polishing turds. I was going yeah. polishing them the Santa's leg, but no. Probably. I want a him turd. to come in and be like, "Excuse me, I was just doing my Christmas turd for the year." <laughs> I don't think you could polish a turd though. It's so sloppy. Well, that's the point, isn't it? You can't polish a turd. Can't polish a turd. It's not called. The expression is you've really polished that turd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spectacularly. Well, that, looks, that looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah. How have you done that? <laughs> so Sebastian appears, and at first he doesn't see his twin sister dressed exactly as him. Sure. Also, what are the chances that you wash up 
on on a shore, decide to dress as a man and accidentally put on the same outfit as your brother. But anyway, they are wearing the same outfit. But then they do see each other and everyone is confused because they're seeing double. Four crusty. I bet they really emphasise that in yeah. the play. They're like, yeah, people are everybody, like, huh? can you guys believe this? I can't this? believe they look exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> wink, wink yeah. at the audience. Because when I saw it, they did not look alike at all. <laughs> the twins confirm who the other is with some family questions about who was your dad, all that kind of stuff. Some stuff that only your brother or sister would know. Sure. And then they're very happy to be reunited with each other. There so is no way you'd run into a family member, your sibling, and be like, who's our parents? Like, you'd be like, oh, that's my brother. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's obviously my brother. But let me ask you the, ask these questions three. Yeah. What is your mother's maiden name? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like authenticated What street did you first live on? Yeah. <laughs> what was your first pet? Aha, uh-huh, but was it my first pet? Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> uh, Cesario changes clothes and everyone realises that she is in fact a woman. Viola. Voila. Or Viola. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense you, written down. Viola. I'm very proud Viola. of that. Thank you. Well done, David. Is it so much? I made you just a, rearranged two letters. I made a word each other. Viola. Voila. Viola. Viola. And voila. Viola. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? I huh? love it. Voila. <laughs> Thanks Viola. so much. And deserve more. It deserve more. It did deserve more. So... Now she's revealed that she's a woman with thin lips this whole time. <laughs> Duke Orsino realises that he is in love with Viola, who also loves him. She's nice, been in love this whole time. And they decide to marry. So now both twins are married to someone. Oh, he's Perfect. done like a super flip. Like he was going to kill this dude. Yeah. And now she's like, actually, I'm a woman. And he's like, Ooh, yeah. oh, here okay. we go. And now the other woman's off limits yeah, because so, she's yeah, married whatever. to your brother, yeah. I guess. Good as any. The love of my life is going to be my sister-in-law now. Yeah, they're going to have to hang out. It's going to be weird. That will be some awkward family Christmas. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was Christmassy all along. Yeah, exactly. Nothing says Christmas like dysfunctional family members. (laughs) That's the message all along. (laughs) And then finally, Malvolio also proves, he's the man in the crazy outfit the whole time, smiling weirdly. He proves he's not insane by showing the letter that set him up. And he storms off swearing revenge on Toby Belch and all these people. But Duke Orsino sends someone after him to make peace and the play ends. So nobody gets no comeuppance. What do you mean no Well, like the uncle and the drunkard who like made that, what they do in a dungeon and beat him up or whatever. No, they don't get their comeuppance (laughs) at all. In fact, I think uh, Maria marries, it's also announced, oh, I married Toby Belch. Who's Maria? She was the one that, she was also in Lady Olivia's household. She came up with the plan that has, she had the same handwriting as Olivia. I bet there was a whole Ah. subplot during this where she was like giving him the eye. Yeah, something like that. And Ah. it's actually just sort of announced one of those things at the end, which sometimes you go, oh, okay, cool. The audience goes, okay. Okay. I'll accept that. Yeah. And the curtain falls and um, that's the end of our romantic comedy. I feel like that this would make a very, like, depending on who's in it, obviously, would make a very entertaining. Yeah, it is. It's it's fun. It's just, it's a bit of fun. It's silly. Yeah. And you do have to obviously, yeah, go along with the fact that they don't often, because even if you do have a brother and sister who are twins, they don't. They, won't they don't look the definitely same. look the I same if you put a wig of, on. I think that might like add to the comedic value, though. Yeah, it can yeah. do that. You go, oh, especially when the characters are yes. hamming up, going, you yeah. look exactly the yeah. same. You're, and buy, like, you're and all buying like, into this ridiculous yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. And now I've got in my head Stephen Fry and also Jeffrey Rush in yellow leggings. Yeah. With, like, stuff around his knees. But he was never even in the play. No, but you can see a photo because he did the promo images for it. Oh. <laughs> So I can show you what it is. I feel like I've plays. actually seen those, maybe. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I think it was one of their best-selling shows. 
maybe ever because, you know, Jeffrey Rush at the time of announcement was a very respected actor. Correct. That's him yes, there. That's, I think yeah. I've seen that photo. Looks like one of those photos that could break uh, the internet, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Kim Kardashian style. It's very erotic. Woo-hoo. Very, very erotic. But yes, <laughs> the actor that did replace him did did a good job when mm. I saw it. Do you know that Kim Kardashian is really good friends with Donald Trump, apparently? Well, she's they hang like out. She's, all the time she's trying to get like prisoners pardoned and things like that. Yeah, she's, she's actually like, doing some good I work. I know, she's yeah. doing some amazing work. She's mm. becoming quite a humanitarian. Well, she's studying law. Yeah. True. Good. Yeah. You should use your powers for good or evil, whatever. Yeah, just just use them. Don't <laughs> yeah, just, waste yeah, the powers. That's the important. Correct. <laughs> yes, use them for something. Uh. Exactly. Uh, but what did you think of the play? I quite liked it. Fun. I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a I testament it a to – oh, sorry, I've cut you off. You have. No, continue. <laughs> I was going to say it's a testament to a play, like you explaining a play and me being invested in a, a play yes, that and you're it explaining wasn't, to It me. wasn't too confusing with I the character's so. name. No. And that's a, that's a testament to you, David. Correct. Uh, Thank you. I know people don't call you David. I don't know why I've started doing that. It's fine. Some <laughs> people, my, my, my parents do. Okay, good. Family. Family. Yeah. Do people call I consider you, you family. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do people call you D-dubs? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, D Dubs. Yeah. I get that a bit. D W. Yeah, D Darkwing Duck. Could I call you Darkwing Duck? I'd love that. <laughs> it's a lovely. You said I'd have a one of my most prized toys was a uh, Darkwing Duck McDonald's Happy, Happy Meal. Happy Meal oh, thing. so good. Yeah. When there's trouble, you call the W. Dave Waterkey. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so good. much. That's good. That's I free. love it. It's I wish good, there was a right. Darkwing Duck theme button on this. That'd I know. Be perfect. That would that be would amazing. Be really, that'd be really Look, fun. I really enjoyed this play. I was invested in the characters. I love a good rom-com and I feel like this delivered. I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan, like in general, but that's something I would probably go to, I guess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you've sold me see, on it. I don't Great. know if you've seen a lot of live Shakespeare plays. I've seen a couple. We went to Midsummer. Midsummer Night's Dream, which is another great yeah, rom-com. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. a lot of fun too. That's a lot Guy of fun. Guy turned into a donkey or something. Yeah, oh, man. forest. It's very fun. Mm. Yeah, it's good. His and name's Bottom. Like, that's a bit of fun. Yeah, so, oh, like my bottom. God. Uh, people would have thought, it, like, <laughs> is this an accident? Has he done this by accident? Yeah. He's, also, he's called <laughs> Bottom. <laughs> a great film starring Kenneth Branagh, oh, yeah. who I know you love. I do love Kenneth Branagh because he directed the first Thor movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, well, I love <laughs> yes. it because he was in a bit of Night's Dream, and that's the difference between me and you. He's in the second Harry Potter movie also. Let's all name a Kenneth Branagh thing. It's well, he wasn't my favourite Hercule Poirot, I will say. Oh, very good. So you're not excited about the sequel? Oh, I'll go see it. But I mean, my favourite Poirot is, of course, the quintessential man, which is David Suchet. And my favourite David Suchet is uh, Death on the Nile, which is the one that they're doing now. So he does the moustache better. Kenneth Branagh doesn't suit that moustache. He's just not. Poirot. Yeah. No. He's not. I really like Kenneth Branagh, but he's not Poirot. Yeah, that's right. I, I enjoyed, I will say, I enjoyed the. Did Kenneth Branagh direct that as well? Because visually, it did I look great. He may have. Did yes. really enjoy the scenery, especially at the start, but yep. before he's getting on the uh, Orient Express. I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah. But I just you know, did find it hard. I, I disliked it less than I thought I would because <sighs> when you You're love, diehard, love yeah. one actor so much, yeah. playing, Correct. playing the role, and you feel like that he's nailed it as, as good as it ever will be. Yeah. But Kenneth Branagh, he did he did okay. I didn't hate it, but mm. I just felt a bit like, oh, that was fine. Yeah. Yeah. That That's how I felt after I loved the Pride and Prejudice BBC series. Oh, yes. My fave TV show with Colin Firth. And then I saw the movie with Kira Knightley, Knightley and it yeah. just was not as good. It was just fine. And they condensed fine. it as well. They condensed it. Also, look, Kira Knightley's not Elizabeth. 
Just And nah. Matthew McFadden is not that other guy. Colin, is it Matthew McFadden? Nah, nothing will ever be, I think so. Nothing will ever be Colin Firth walking out of the lake with his like dripping shirt. Yeah, that, that was the only a, bit yeah. I've seen of that. Yeah, that so was in the era when that was, yeah, like you didn't need to work out and people were like, that's so sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A man in a wet shirt. Please. He's maybe 46. <laughs> Take me back. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> need that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think women need like like lots and lots of rippling muscles always. Damn right. Oh. Colin Firth in the sopping wet shirt all squidgy. <laughs> mm. I'll take that any day. I'll take it too. All right. Yeah. Let's delicious. get him around here. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> get him in. All right. Correct. So at the end we always uh, rate yes. the player book out of five. Mm. I'm feeling quite positive scores from you, Claire, but yes. don't put a number in your mouth. What are you thinking out of five? You can go as specific as you like. I think I'm going to go 4.3. 4.3 out of 5. I love it. Yeah. 4.3 yep. out of 5. I really enjoyed it. I thought I was a little, like, I wasn't confused because you explained it really well. Thank you. But there was a lot of, like, this is this person, this is this person, and, yeah. And there yeah. was a few superfluous characters, I felt. Those are things I think that would be solved by you in the, you're in the play and you can see the person and go, oh, that's that person. Correct. Mm. Exactly. No, yeah. I, re- I did yeah. really enjoy it, though. I was very invested Mm. And I liked that it finished in a nice, neat conclusion. Totally wrapped it up, rom com yeah. style. Very satisfying. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go a bit lower. I'm going to give it a four. But uh, oh, that's pretty good yeah, though. Four still, out of five for someone who's not that into. I thought my score was quite high until you said four point three, and then I was like, oh, maybe I didn't like it as much as I thought. But <laughs> I did enjoy it, and I think Kenneth Branagh would be perfect in the role of any of these characters. <laughs> any of them. <laughs> All of them. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm going to go slightly. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Even though you've seen it, yes, because it's. I didn't. I didn't love it when I saw it. Yeah, right. Okay, that's yes. interesting. Yeah. Wait more. No, no, no. But if you, I, I, I enjoy this. I do enjoy the story. I, uh, yeah, but I maybe seeing it sort of did color my vision a bit. It was just a bit, a little bit silly, and a little bit musical. A little bit broad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I didn't love, uh. didn't love, it. and I wouldn't. I don't know if I would go see it again now, having seen it twice. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, yes, I, I did, I've enjoyed the tragedies more live. Also, yeah, okay, yeah, right, like the like blood, Hamlet. the guts, the murder. Yeah, someone yeah, someone holding a skull and being like, "What's up with this skull?" I don't know the words. That was I'm assuming so that's accurate. what they were saying. That's yeah. exactly it. Whose skull is this? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just found it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, and no, I saw a, a fantastic um, uh, Macbeth at the Globe Theatre in, uh, in London one time. Yeah, right. Oh, that's what the is this? I found it on the yeah. ground. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. I love it. I find that really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, but you really enjoyed that when you saw that. And I did yeah. enjoy that. And yeah. uh, despite the fact that I paid for the cheap seats at the stores, which are £5 or something like mm. that, and you get to experience what the – Peasants would have. Yes. Because you actually stand in the yard. Still an experience. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, you know, three hours. It's a long time to stand. Long time to but stand, everyone's yeah. like b- finding every little bit of their foot to balance on. Yeah, absolutely. Going on the heel, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, uh, I didn't, I don't dislike this play, but I just, it's just probably my, the, my least favourite. Yeah. That I've, we've covered on the show so far. But that does not mean it's not 
It wasn't a great pleasure having you guys here. To talk about <laughs> oh, I'd hate to think it. We I, were the reason you lowered it. Yeah. To <laughs> it was I a will, five, but now it's a three point yeah. six. I will say, I'm a bit disappointed there was no Christmas things. Yes, I'm sorry that I but misled everyone. But he did everyone. Us up top, to be fair. I know, we but I still thought there might be a, a surprise Santa appearance yeah. or something. That would, if there at was least. a surprise Santa at the end, I probably would have bumped me up to a four. Absolutely, <laughs> or a Krampus. I'll take a murderer. Yeah, a murdering Santa. Just yeah, some, you something would, mythical. I would, and I will. Grinch, yeah, <laughs> get the Grinch in. Mm. Um, before we wrap up the show, this show is supported by beautiful people on a little thing called Patreon. Oh yeah, get on there if Thanks, you can. Guys. Yes, thank you so much for the people that do that. Uh, people chip in uh, a couple of dollars or five or ten dollars a month. Love those people too. Um, and they get to support this show, but not only this show. Also, do go on, which is our other show that I do with. Matt and Jess, and this is basically a spin-off of that show. And Matt's other spin-off show, which is Primates, and he's also started another show called Listen Now. Yes. They are the Joey to your friends, is that what would you say? Those spin-off podcasts? The uh, main the main podcast being friends, obviously. Yes, of yeah. course. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be an insult, I but that's very that much an insult. That is an insult. <laughs> I, I feel loud. like I like they're much higher quality. More like a Frasier to Cheers, perhaps. Oh, oh, and possibly overtaking yes. in the long run. Oh, yes. Well, we never yeah. know. And there's a bit of class to this, you know, because books. That's right. Frasier. Books are good. Mm. Books are good. That's our motto here. That's our motto here. Hit us up if you think books are good. It was about this show on uh, Patreon specifically. And, uh, or we specifically thank some of those people by uh, letting them tell me their favorite books and I read them out. Yeah. And uh, so these are three people, if you wouldn't mind, telling not. me th- their names and their favorite books. And you can tell me whether you know these books or not. Uh, first of all, Benjamin Pereira. Thank you so much for your support, Benjamin. So people tell me why they love a book, why it's their favorite. This is a very simple reason. He just said World War Z. Oh, yeah. Or Z. World War Z. Doesn't yes. matter, depending where you're from. I'm actually not sure where Benjamin's from, so it could World War Z, dot, 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 zombies, exclamation mark. And that's why he loves it. Yeah. Have you read it? <laughs> you know I used to teach a boy called Ben Pereira? I don't know if it's the same Ben. Really? But if it is, hello, Ben. That would be really cool. Ben, let us know. I know. And I could see him really liking World War Z, so... There you go. Yeah. You you've re- read this, Sarah? Was it going a bit? Yes. <clears throat> it's like a it's like a documentary sort of or a, a report on a zombie apocalypse. The movie's way different. Uh, oh, okay. Is that a Brad Pitt film? Yes, it is. Yeah, Bradley Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, Ooh, yes. I'm suddenly <laughs> more interested. It's I bet we got a lot of flack, but it's better than you'd think. But it's nothing like the book. Kind of like the thing that you said. It's a three point six or whatever. <laughs> I would say it's about there. It's about yeah, that. It's yeah. about that. Mm. Uh, thanks, Benjamin Pereira. Uh, Devin Bruns or Devin Brun said, uh, "I would have to say my favorite book is Flow My Tears." The policeman said by Philip K. Dick. Oh. It's a great book about a dystopian future. The main character is a famous TV host, and then after some events I won't spoil, he wakes up and no one recognizes him. It's a quality read. Sounds like a bloody career in media. Am I right? <laughs> You know what I mean? People don't remember. Five minutes people. of fame. Yeah, exactly. Daryl Who, as in Summers. <laughs> I don't know why I said Daryl Who, and then you guys would be like, you know what I'm talking about. Daryl Hall? <laughs> Daryl Hall, yes. Daryl Lee, the chocolate <laughs> shop. <laughs> well, they, they did go out of business. Briefly. They did too, yeah. <laughs> I met Daryl Summers once while I was working in the movies, and oh, yeah. put, he put his rubbish in my bin. Fun story, fun That's times. a great story. <laughs> He's a lot littler in real life. Yeah, tiny guy, big head, right? Yeah. yeah. Really, his head's quite large. It's mm. very common. It's that whole theory we always talk about where like people on TV have giant heads. 
Mm. You work in TV, Dave. Yeah, I was going to say, why true? can't I get on the camera more? I've got a bloody big yeah, head. Big head. Or get close to the camera. Got a big forehead, damn it. lean in. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> get two inches away from the lens. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, thank you, Devin Bruns. Appreciate that, Devin Bruns. And finally, Jordan Reese has written in to tell us, my favourite book is To Kill the Mockingbird because it's the story of innocence, judging a book by its cover as well as friendship and what keeping an open mind is. Mm. It's Jordan Reese. Yeah, you didn't teach a, jo- a Jordan say, Reese. You've, you've got an anecdote for every one of these, Claire. What do you got? But have you ever taught To Kill a Mockingbird? Often taught in schools. Yeah, no. Well, because I would taught primary school. Primary, no, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> that would be quite full I on. Oh, yeah. That would be quite full on. Our plumber that we got, his surname was Reese. And there you go. You sure it just wasn't story. Reese's plumbing? Yeah, yeah it just said Reese on his shirt. <laughs> no, I got his invoice. His name is John Reese. I wonder if he was. Is from he from the, the Reese Empire? He might Which is be. A, a very large. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't company. say the name of this guy who lives in our area on a podcast. Uh, he doesn't live in our area unless he pays us to advertise his business. <laughs> yes, and then we will. He doesn't live in our area. Okay. We could take that out. I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how many John Reeses there are. Probably a lot. Bleep that again, I guess. If I said his name twice, <laughs> oh my, I don't think we said anything negative about it. No, I know. I just mean like because. Sometimes I've mentioned a person's name and then people will find that person on uh, through like social media and looking them up and things. People are weird. <laughs> people are very yeah, weird. I know. People are so weird. Yeah. And also great and we love people. But yeah, we but love if people. you're that one person, yeah, don't but if do you're it. doing that, don't do that. Yeah. Just don't do that. Yeah. Please. Mm. All right. Because that would be <laughs> creepy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, as long as he doesn't live anywhere near us, so that's good. No, he was a lovely plumber, mm. though. Great. Right. I'm glad to hear he did some good work. Correct. Good on you. Whatever that name was. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> I do know what it is. Uh, well, that does bring us to the end of another book sheet and the final one for 2019. Oh, my goodness. Another oh, year done. Hey? Done and dust. Is that two years of book I can't sheet? believe well, it. Well, actually, we basically started in October 2018. So it's only a year say. and a couple of months. But <laughs> well, it feels like it's been gone for longer, though. I don't know. Damn right. <laughs> yeah, damn right. In a good way. In a good way, Dave. You know what I mean? Not like this goes for it. The, uh, the system has worked for me. I did start it basically to hold me to account and make me read more like I pledged every year when the new year came around. And, and you uh, have. You've made it. Been doing it, and I'm hoping to keep it going next year and keep that uh, keep that tradition going. And maybe, yeah, people at home too. You'll have a a New Year's resolution, and you'll have to start a podcast to make yourself do it. But <laughs> yes. yes, when can when can people expect the return of Bookshare 2020? Thank you so much for asking. I was actually uh, planning to take a break over January. Okay, good call. And come back uh, the first week of February. Perfect. And we're going uh, twice a month for the rest of the year. Excellent. You could even bank a few in that time. It's smart. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping to try and get ahead again with yeah, the reading because yeah. uh, the last couple of months, I will say, with uh, do go on doing some stuff and going uh, traveling uh, to the UK with a, it was a. A little bit hard to keep the reading up at the pace I'd like to. So, and I was sort of <laughs> with even with this one, you know, sort of finishing up um, my report today. Yes. <laughs> at work. While you were working yes. at your full time workplace, I would never do that. <laughs> I only ever do my work in my allotted time at home. Correct. <laughs> Thank you so exactly. much. Thank you so much. So yeah, so I have a little break over January, uh, and then uh, come back. Bigger, brighter, stronger than ever. But if you want me, I'll be doing a lot of reading over the break. So if you want to suggest a book, you can do that at any time Hmm. uh, through the uh, in the description of this note uh, in the notes of this show. I should say you can uh, find the little link there. You tell me why I should do it, and uh, I'll read your name out on the show. 
Amazing. Love it. I love it. It's a great show and we love it. It's great. And well done. Finishing a year. Thank you so much. Now, is your uh, fantastic, uh, relatively new podcast, Suggestible, yes. continuing on in 2020? Correct. Did, uh, it is. By the time this goes... Wait, when are you putting this out? Right away. Right away. Then then uh, we, uh, we have a Christmas episode for Suggestible where yeah, we're going to be suggesting... Yeah, coming out on Thursday. Coming out Thursday. Oh, fantastic. Recording time, tomorrow. So, yeah, so all your Christmas, all our Christmas favourites. Favourites. You Can't know talk now. Yes. But we do, yeah. Every week we, so, we recommend some stuff. We've been reading, watching, doing Listening recipes, to podcasts. A lot of Netflix recommendations. A lot of Netflix. A oh, lot fantastic. Of, a lot of just yeah. whatever plays next on Netflix. And I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, well, because these days there is so much media. There's too much. Oh, too much to consume. So to have people say, hey, we're, um, we're enjoying this, it sort of steers you in the right direction. Yeah, cool. And we also, I also do, well, we both do recommend books too. Well, Probably more not as me. many as we used to, but no, mm. I still do. Definitely. I'll mm. be talking a little bit. I'll be talking in a better way about where, to, where the crow dads sing. Summary, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> we said Christmas tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, we did say Christmas. I'm not going to be talking about it tomorrow. Good, I'm, good, not, good, I'm good. only halfway through, mate. Anyway, well, no, but well, we are good. going through the Christmas break, actually. So, oh, really? You're continuing on. That's good. But if you want to hear Correct. actually an actual Christmas show about actual Christmas, yes. Sorry about this, everyone. Oh it no, very Christmassy. Yeah. Uh, check that out on, on Thursday, and you'll Christmas be continuing special. on. And you also have uh, two other fantastic programs that you run on the Planet Broadcasting yes. Network. I have the Weekly Planet podcast where we talk movies and comics and TV show. I do that with another person whose name eludes me, but that comes out every <laughs> Monday. Uh, it's People seem to like it sometimes and check it out. Did you not say his name just in case people look him up? That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah. You exactly. don't want that. He'd <laughs> hate that. Wants that. I'm doing he him would. a favour. <laughs> You would hate Honestly, it. Honestly, I just forget his name. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes you call me his name. That's the other true. Day I do. Yeah. In the podcast. And sometimes Nothing I call any, yeah. Nick Mason. Yeah. Sometimes I call him Claire as well. I'm like Claire. Uh, Nick. It's oh, mainly no. because Mason. we're the only two people in the yeah. world that he sees. Yeah. <laughs> You're the third Mason. person I've seen this week, Dave. <laughs> I feel yeah. privileged. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Claire, your other fantastic Planet Broadcasting show. Yeah, so I also make a podcast called Just Make the Thing. It doesn't come out very regularly anymore, but I do interview guests uh, about creativity and about why they make stuff. There's interviews with the wonderful D-dubs over here. Duckwing um, Duck. Yeah, a- I know. Duckwing <laughs> yeah, Duck. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, um, and also uh, Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. So we talk one-on-one just about how they got into comedy and do go on and all those things. And there's um, interviews with other people from the Planet Broadcasting Network as well and just also interesting creatives and people who I think have an interesting perspective on life. So that's really fun. Um, I've got a few episodes coming out um, at, over the Christmas break for that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, Maybe that'll uh, jump people's inspiration for their new year. That's Correct. true. Exactly. If there's something that you want to start, that's what the show's all about, getting your ass into gear and getting some stuff made and done. Cool. Fan bloody tastic guys. Well, that is the end of the show for 2019. Thank you so much for joining me. You are welcome. Thank you for having us, too. We appreciate it. And at the end of every episode, I always say... Good afternoon, good evening, good night. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. What are you doing? Hijacking this literary podcast. (laughs) really just ruined it. Continue, Dave. No, I appreciate that because I only watched that film for the first time two weeks ago on a plane. Is it good? I did enjoy that a lot. Yeah, it's pretty good. The Truman Show. I, the Truman Show. I really, really. Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking of a different movie. Oh, what movie yeah. were you thinking of? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's like a George Clooney movie about like black and white media. What? That also has a good afternoon. No, it doesn't at all. I don't know why I thought that. It's called Good Night, Good Luck or something. It's not a matter. I was thinking of a oh, different Oh, Good Night movie. and Good Luck. Yeah. <laughs>
I have seen Truman Show. Sorry, Dave. Well, what, do they, what do we say? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, and good luck. And books forever! Books forever! Books forever! Thanks, everyone. Couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Leave her. Take your litter. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 